listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we, we've entered back into the studio for episode 271. Welcome back, everyone. What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, man, what you get into this week? Uh, I was able to catch um, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, I believe that's what the new one is called. Oh, okay, is that the newest one? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I, I, I caught the newest one. I think Dominion is what When did it come out? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. <clears throat> Oh, so this was, this one is an older one, or no, is there another one? No, it's the new one in, that came out in twenty twenty two. Oh, looks, okay, okay. It looks like it. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see like the, the the release date for this joint, but I think it, it was it, a few it, months it, ago, right? Yeah, I okay. think it came out uh, in, in theaters like at the top of summer. Yeah, I want to say May, right? Somewhere around there, and it um came out in theaters. Um, uh, it came out on on our digital like a few weeks back. I think. So did it deliver on that dinosaur goodness? Um, nah. Wait, nah. wait, 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 wait. I don't come to Jurassic Park expecting much, but how you can't? How you don't deliver on the dinosaur goodness? I mean, there was a a, a lot of dinosaur goodness, but it was there was a whole lot more of like bland peopleness uh, you know what i mean bleh. it's it's the same problem with transformers where it was like but but i suppose if i judge it by that metric it did deliver you know what i'm saying there was dinosaur v dinosaur fight um there was that hilarious scene from the um uh trailers where the dude is like riding around and he's riding on a segway while dinosaurs are like oh, rat- raising around. wow <laughs> the dinosaur just like eats them off the the uh oh nice the okay segway. well that <laughs> That makes up the scene right so, there. So, yeah, it did, it did have its highlights. But the reason why I say that is, like, because um, the, the parts with the people just felt you sort of, like, You could absolutely dilute your, uh, your dinosaur movie with people scenes and ruin it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and you I'm know, just... and, and I prefer if you're going to make a dinosaur movie that has people scenes and you're, like, I don't know, padding it for runtime or whatever, I'd rather you just give me a short movie. I mean, I, the, the story felt like... Um, the story kind of flowed, but the thing I didn't like about the story is, like, it didn't feel like it flowed organically. It felt very, like, paint by the numbers. Like, so, all right, we need to hit this beat, then this beat, which leads into this beat. And see, it just my, yeah, like, felt kind of, you know. Just just give me action scenes with a, a, a thin enough storyline that you can, like, me? just tell through the action feel scenes. Me? Like, stop giving me Don't all the action. Don't be trying to make it all complicated yeah. and shit, bro. Hey, bro, this dude is bad. Punch him in the mouth. You can't get to him, so you got to go through a bunch of other people before get you get a dinosaur to eat him. Do something, me? you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't but, understand that. Like, there's good, there's drama movies and there's dinosaur movies, and I'm pretty sure Jurassic Park was meant to be a dinosaur movie. You know what right? I mean? But yeah, they went with the generic, generic uh, uh, billionaire uh, supervillain this time. Uh, he's Yo, this dude is a straight asshole, bro. He's he's creating uh Loki. He's enhancing locusts with prehistoric oh my DNA, God. and he's faking like locusts that are immune to just about like everything. What, and what could just... possibly go wrong? <laughs> the ro- locusts are like the size of a rabbit, bro. 
That shit was hilarious. And I'm like, mm. bro, but see, you mean smart. these things that historically have, have been known to wipe out entire <laughs> no, food? See, food uh, that's uh, all supplies? a part of his plant, Creek. See, they only eat uh, plants that have not been made with biasin seeds, huh? huh? Taps forehead. Huh? He's, he's out of the game, you know? Well, but, I mean, that's literally something that they, that, ah, man. These fucking uh, Monsanto, crazy. They've done stuff like that, though. Genetic, yeah, you got to genetically, genetically alter your uh, seeds, pests, man. Yeah. Aphids that only eat uh, uh, plants that are not round, uh, treated with Roundup. Feel me? Yeah, it's fucked up. And they've also, um, I heard they're uh, trying to make uh, genetically engineer uh, fucking mosquitoes to yeah, not reproduce that's the worst. shit like that. The, see, the thing is, is that the terrestrial um, insects are one thing, but once you start genetically engineering flying uh, insects, Bro, that is problematic. You're, yeah, pff, rolling the dice, dude. Insects, yo, even spiders know how to fly, bro. Like insects know how to get <laughs> everywhere, dude. Like people think, oh, we're just gonna genetically engineer one and see what happens. All right, well, you've effectively, you know what I mean, like released that into the whole world because that shit will get everywhere, pretty much. But yeah, overall, I, I, I mean, it's, it was enjoyable. Um, now that I'm talking about it, the, uh, uh, the, the people parts didn't drag it out too much. I, I don't have such a deep such a deeper connection with the earlier um uh Jurassic Park so all the nostalgia factor of Jeff Goldblum and and uh, the other cast from the original movies the, you know I wasn't like super oh, excited yeah. for them or anything after the like first that. one Jeff Goldblum's character just pretty much was like I don't know it, it didn't hit for me like all of his cameos afterwards were kind of just bland he's like yo i'm here for the check <laughs> which for good reason i'm not mad at it you know oh, what i mean shit. but he never really brought anything to the movie like um the last one that i watched was the one where they introduced a the little power. girl and um he had like a cameo in the very beginning and he gave the most nonsensical non sequitur speech that i've ever fucking heard i was like i do believe that's what? this one that's that's probably this one. No, this one that I watched was older. It was the one right oh. before this one where they introduced the little girl. The last one that ah uh, well, this one more or less uh, uh, picks it, up right it's, after it's that. The, no? It's the it, it opens in more or less. The, well, not doesn't open that way, but in the beginning there is pretty much the same thing where he's giving a nonsensical speech to a bunch of students. Oh, he's doing it to students because yeah, he was in court the first one. Like he was making a testimony in front of either a judge or Congress or something. But he was making uh, like a. Like a, a testimony um, to a to a um, a tribunal of some sort. Ah, uh, that's uh, right. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. This time he's doing it to a bunch of the Bison employees and the people. Who Is that are his only um, cameo in the movie? Oh uh, no, no. He oh, sticks okay. around for a while and he Damn. does a lot of stuff. I think he was better off just uh, popping in, popping his head in, saying it's a wild, reckless shit, and just dipping. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this this whole movie is about the nostalgia because the entire uh, trio of the original cast, like they have a fairly significant role oh, in the the, the 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 um oh man yeah sam neil and laura dern who yes, plays ellie yes. sattler and alan grant yes that's what yeah, I was they have they have a pretty about. pretty big section of the movie okay they're like a third of the movie pretty much dang i kind of want to see that though i mean it has its good parts you know it has its good parts i mean I, bryce dallas howard's character was fucking thugging like um, I, I really like her 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 little Rambo scene in the water against one of the um the dinosaurs. She was, her character was pretty dope. That's what's up. So there there were a lot of good parts, but there was also parts in there that annoyed the, the shit out of me just because I was like, oh, for it just seemed like wild convenient shit, you know. But you know, oh, movies got a movie. Yeah, you know, I I don't. <sighs> hmm. I guess you know it, it. It's still a valid critique. I think it's a valid critique to say, hey, you know, 
the storyline didn't hold up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still think it's a valid critique, even though the bar has been very much lowered by the, I think, the contemporary uh, movie scene. For sure, I would say, like, you know, you're not, you're not, that's what you're going to get kind of thing. But at the same token, yeah, it's still pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I say that from, like, a, a, a like a, a production side standpoint, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I understand, when I say, like, movie, gonna movie, like, I mean, like, for all the decisions that they came, they made, I can see the pros and cons, multiple pros and cons to doing it either way. You know what I mean? So usually, like I said, most of the time when it comes down to the final decision, it's usually either money or time. Oh, yeah. We're going to definitely get into some production uh, decisions later on in the episode. <laughs> Man, and, Hollywood's um, crazy. But yeah. And the other thing that I saw is I finally saw the unbearable weight of massive talent. And uh, oh. uh, the Nick Cage and um, um, uh, Pedro Pascal oh, movie. Oh, okay. I'll watch that. I will watch that because I do want to see it. Um, and we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. After that, I that, after that, I check it out, did you enjoy it? Surprised me. Yeah. I, I didn't. I first I, I didn't like where it was going, but say it, it again? at first I didn't like where it oh. was going. I was like, oh, really? Like this is? I don't really want to go down this road. But it it. It panned out great, man. Like it, 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 it threw me for a couple of loops, and then when I when it sort of leveled out, and you sort of see where the plot of the movie is going, and it, 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 it ended up being really enjoyable, and it stuck the landing. So I, I actually enjoyed that movie. I All right, it. yeah, dude, I saw the preview for that, and I was like, I still have no clue where they're going with this, yeah. and so I'm looking forward to seeing what the hell they're doing. It's understandable. I feel like they mismarketed that movie, man, because it's sort of it's not really what I would expect. I mean, it sort of is, but it's a lot more than that, I suppose. It's like it, it's it, it, the 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 ad, the marketing for it makes it seems like oh, this is a a goofy movie about Nick Cage having a breakdown and being Nick Cage, but it's really like it's. Something different. It's a it's a different movie that it's I don't want to spoil for you. About two friends growing together. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I was just joking. Fuck it is, which is like one of the things that's surprising about it. it it's it's it's. I'm always dumb. here for that, you know, and and not for nothing. That's uh, I, I'm watching um, uh, Good Omens. Oh yeah. I just started that, and it's a very similar thing. But we'll talk about that in a second. So yeah. That's what's up. Uh, I definitely want to check about. Uh, check out the. Uh, oh, what is it? The unbearable weight of massive talent. Massive talent. Yeah, it's, it's surprising. It surprised me. And okay. it, it's it's like it's it's really really funny because he plays like more or less straight Nick Cage, except for like a handful of times where he goes off the rails. But, where, where you're like, okay, this is clearly fantastical. Right, right. You know how Nick does. Every once in a while, he's got to turn it up well, yeah, to 15. It's, it's a movie, so it would be silly not to do that. Like, not right? to take this advantage to, like, to <laughs> take this opportunity to, to you know what I mean? Uh, uh, make your life seem more fantastic than it really is. But I, I can see what in the in the marketing for it, people kept asking him how it was to play that, and he kept saying it was weird and sort of a surreal experience. And I could kind of understand where he was coming from after seeing the movie. Well, for somebody who has such a uh, entertaining internet persona, I would have imagined like. Well, I guess he's not an ego. He's not egotistical about it, because you know this is the kind of guy who goes and buys dinosaur eggs, right? Like, yeah. Who does? You know, he he seems to to live the kind of life that you wouldn't not need to embellish to yeah. make a movie about. He's like, if you just were kind of following him, it would be a kind of crazy movie in and of itself. Yeah, he's so, he's absolutely like a child of the arts, man. Like listening oh, yeah. listening to him talk about movies is. One of the greatest things ever because he goes in depth as far as like his 
inspirations and, and like where he draws from and who he draws from and shit like that. Yeah, you know, and so that it's it's cool that he got an opportunity to do that and that in doing so, he wasn't like a weirdo creep about it and said, yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> I felt awesome doing that. And he's like, no, nah, it was kind of weird because I was trying to work. Well, I don't, I didn't hear what he said, but I can imagine he's trying to work and at the same time be himself. It's, it's not the same. Yeah, you're playing a bizarre version of yourself. Yeah. Who are... Yeah, you're supposed to be using yourself as the inspiration for something that clearly is in a movie, yeah. And it's, and it's not a, like a, short form where in most cases when when um celebrities do that, it's usually like a like a short form bit part or mm-hmm. like a single scene mm-hmm. or something like that. This is a whole movie of him like uh uh um pretending to be himself, which actually I really need to see being John Malkovich. Like mm. I I've never actually seen that movie and that's I remember that ad campaign heavy when I was a kid. That was I, I've always heard a lot about that movie. I've never sat down and watched it, and I think that I would like to. Yeah, because it seems like just weird enough type. to be yeah. cool. Well, the 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 movie, from what I understand, is is very experimental in the cinematography that was used in it, and I'm always down for that. As you know, as I said, I I will watch something that I do not enjoy if there's value outside of just entertainment in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the film is art. Yeah, so for sure. Uh, that's what's up. So I, I look forward to watching that so we can talk more about it. Um, but yeah, dude. Um, that's what that's all you caught this weekend or yeah, this week. Yeah, that's it. That's what's up. Yeah, as I said, I was watching. I've been watching Good Omens, and boy, I'm really enjoying this show. And it's, yeah, that was fun. It's reaffirming to me um, that I believe that the new Sandman is going to be good because not for nothing, you know, Neil Gaiman showruns all of the stuff that they adapt from his from his work, and it shows, and it makes. Perfect sense. Like awesome. all of the personality in the writing is dripping in the production. Like talk and I and, and I'm starting to kind of feel like it might not be necessary, but you're gonna get the best result from an author who is very much um um involved with the part production of um any show adaptations, <clears throat> even oh, if yeah. they do depart. Um, case in point, George R. R. Martin was involved for the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. Came out really solid, you know what I mean? <laughs> After he they departed. Kinda had, they kind of had us going in the first half. And, uh, yeah, you know, kind of dropped the ball once he once he kind of had to, to take his hands off of it as much to work on other things. Um, case in point, look at pretty much any adaptation uh, of a Neil Gaiman work to, to, to television. He's had his hands on it, and they've all been been uh, entertaining, if not very good. Yeah, the ones I've seen have always been pretty solid. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, here we have Good Omens, which um, just a rough breakdown of the um, of the uh, storyline of the or the premise of the TV show is is that you have um, the demon Crowley um, and the angel Alphazile, I believe uh, his name Aziraphale. Is. Um, and they're both charged with their duties on earth. You know, uh, the demon Crowley is, uh, charged with tempting mortals to their doom. <laughs> and, um, as Raphael, as, as I'm going to call him as, <laughs> uh, as is t- charged with, um, with inspiring mortals to great, uh, to great feats of, uh, of art or heroism. And so, um, yeah, they come by each other and, 
you know, you know, as is, you know, stuck up and kind of like, yo, well, you're a demon. I, I shouldn't be consorting <laughs> with you. And Crowley's just like, ah, well, you don't immediately offend me. So I guess I'll tolerate your presence. And just through their prolonged interactions with each other, they become friends. And uh, they actually have a really cool uh, montage of uh, them interacting over history and just, you know, the, the, the kind of things that brought them to become friends. And, uh, yeah, it, that's the premise of the show so far. Now, Armageddon is supposed to be coming, and uh, Crowley is um, charged with uh, delivering the Destroyer of Worlds to a mortal family to raise. Um, and at the same time, he's also responsible for shepherding the Antichrist. And I guess at some point in the future, when these two are grown, they meet and destroy the world. No, what happens is they're the same person. They're one and the same person. But what happens is they accidentally switch the baby with a different family. Well, no, there was three babies. Because you remember, because I just watched oh. the, the beginning, he said that there was, there's baby remember. A, there's baby B, and then there's the destroyer of worlds. It was the third <laughs> card. And then they put it into the three-card Monty, and they started oh, switching it right, up. That's right. And so there, there's a normal baby, that's there's hilarious. an antichrist, and then there's a destroyer of world baby. And I'm like, wow, okay, this got needlessly uh, complicated. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, and then there's the... Uh, there's a storyline of a family of witches who is hunting the Antichrist, who is also becoming entangled with this. It's just really interestingly done. It's very British. I don't mind. I'm enjoying that. I, I like the the switch up a little bit, you know. Yeah, I, li I like the job that they did of um of uh, weaving heaven, hell, and earth in, in the three yes. different stories into one. I thought that was really well done. Yes, I I enjoy that a lot too. Um, and I'm a big fan of stories like that that are um that take uh maybe biblical or historical texts and tell them from a a fictional alternate perspective. I love that shit. That's just dope to me. Um, like one of my favorite books is um Lamb by Christopher Moore, which is um the story of Christ, uh as told by his childhood friend Biff. <laughs> That's funny. needless to say Biff did all the sinning for That's Christ hilarious. yeah that shit was hilarious and he would go back and tell Christ all about it and Christ was like man wish I could sin <laughs> but um yeah must dude. be nice yeah watching uh, Good Omens has been very entertaining so far and I'm looking forward to it um, there's a couple seasons of it I believe I don't know if they've wrapped it up yet um, but yeah so far hitting um, Crowley is just he's very entertaining yeah, you know, for a for a skinny punk rock English dude, I find him he's fine, <laughs> and not for nothing. As is not the most repugnant, lawful good character I've ever met. Yeah, you he know definitely I mean? he he definitely mellows out a little bit after hanging out with uh with Crowley. Oh yeah, once he starts hanging out with Crowley, he definitely um kind of opens up to alternative perspectives because yeah. that's what that's how Crowley gets him every time. He always tempts him with um. With, like, just a slight deviation from the moral code. Like, eh, I mean, think about it that way or <laughs> an, this an way. An alternate interpretation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Good Omens is definitely the jam. I look forward to um, watching more of that so I could talk about it more in depth next time. So we'll get into the spoilery stuff next time. But, um, ah, uh, I, uh, so I pretty much watched as much of Wayward Pines as I'm going to watch. Um, I started season two, and boy, man. Season one wrapped actually pretty strong, in my opinion. Season one was a a, a, a solid six, light seven. 
after uh, completing it. Uh, Matt Dillon, man, just he just gave uh, uh, like the most stalwart, cool guy performance you'll ever receive. You know what I mean? <laughs> the ultra cool guy. You know, but uh, a lot of really good performances all around. Um, the story is really well done. I don't know what they adapted it from, but the the story is is solid. Um, so I guess I, I'll get into the spoilery uh, bits of season one. Um, in that, <clears throat> so you start out uh, as like a kind of suspense thriller, where you have a CIA agent investigating the disappearance of another CIA agent, um, or Secret Service agent. I'm sorry, um, in a in a little town. When he gets into the town. It starts to become more suspense orient oriented, and then starts leaning into some horror as he's this town is like straight up next level weird Amityville horror type shit. But no, no extra, no um supernatural stuff. Just you know, everyone's acting real weird. Um, clearly, there's like a over um, there's an Overwatch organization that's that's uh, looming over this town, and so as it progresses, you find out that like. It takes a complete sci-fi twist in that um, the town is actually 2,000 years in the future, and it was established by the scientists who saw the impending um, climate disaster and decided to uh, to pretty much kidnap people who had skills uh, and, and put them into a cryogenic sleep. Surprise, relocation. And then reawaken them to be part of the population at the end of the world um needless to say this doesn't go nearly as smoothly as he would have hoped and it's mainly because of him he's a fucking <laughs> the scientist man as much you know and it's like it's it's an end randy in hell you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's all like supposed to be meritocratic but it's not because nobody actually knows the truth and so Everyone's being manipulated, so nobody could actually get ahead because you have no idea what's going on, you know, type of thing. And it, yeah, so this the, the town ends up not being the the idyllic uh, haven that that the scientist uh, David Pilcher was originally um, uh, attempting to to make it out to be. Um, in the future, in the two thousand years between when he cryogenically froze them and when they awoke. Uh, humans after the the planetary uh, dev, uh, destruction of, of civilization, uh, humans started to the surviving humans devolved into these aberrations, and they're just pretty much feral humans. You know what I mean? They have like they look like um vampires from Blade Two, <laughs> and so uh, uh, it's funny because in uh in the middle of the season before it really takes a sci fi turn. You kind of see hints of these things, um, uh, their existence, and that's where you get a, a really uh, strong bit of the horror feel. And you know, I gotta say, man, that first season they balanced the the transition from genre to genre really well. Um, the writing was paced well. Like there were so many solid aspects of it. It was a little bit of jank. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> a little bit of jank here and there. You know, Terrence Howard's in it, so you got to expect that. No, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> you know, Terrence Howard is the 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 sheriff, and boy, he plays the insane sheriff so well. That man, 
Gosh, he's got to be sick, man. Yeah, he's got to be, bro. He's got to be on the borderline uh, sick. Like he's just shit. here enough to take direction, and then he gets into the role and he just lets it go, man. Just, just lets the lets the beast out. It's like, bro, bro, you leave my man's alone. He's directing some cutting edge technology right now. Oh, so is he? Like, Did he buy Atari? Uh, well, he he claimed to have developed a new hydrogen technology. To defend the sovereignty of Uganda. Oh shit! Did he do it based on his new math of one plus one equals three? I mean, uh, <laughs> possibly. I was able to identify the unified field equation they've been looking for and put it into geometry. That's you know. That's, that's oh, that's what he said. Is that a quote? That's that's from a the quote, man himself, according to the outlet. You know All right, saying? is that the one they're going to put into the history books when they when they talk about Terrence Howard and Absolutely. how he saved Uganda? Absolutely, right. not just Uganda, the whole world. He's going to go down in history as the greatest uh, uh, roadie there ever was. Wow! If they called him roadie in the history books, <laughs> I, I'd be like, wow, my nigga. <laughs> That would be crazy. Oh, shit. oh, that's the dude that saved everybody. That's Prince, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't he didn't he make some rap songs? <laughs> like, bro, those are all characters, bro. None of those like, are nah, Terrence nah. Howard. That's not who Prince. is Terrence Howard. None of us know. <laughs> but um, nah, we we know who you are, Terrence. Hustle and flow, man. Yeah, we, we, we listen. No, nah, but um, no, he really he really played the shit out of that sheriff role, man. He really did, and and, and I got it. It's like. He's got this, like, as I said, he's on the brink of madness at all times. <laughs> like, like there's a point where the um, the uh, uh, the Secret Service agent is trying to investigate what happened to the his partner in the town. And the sheriff is like, oh, okay, here, let me help you. And in the middle of him doing it, like, he walks away and starts eating ice cream. <clears throat> but it's not just like, oh, here... You know what I mean? He's like, yo, I got this brand new flavor of ice cream. In the middle of him trying to get, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Elucidate about this this man who he's looking for that has been missing, who's a government agent. Hey, man, that nigga was missing before I started my ice cream. He's going to be missing after I started my ice cream. We got time. You got to enjoy them delicious ice cream flavors, man. Yeah, man. I'm sure this is a rarity in them little ass towns. But yeah. Um, Terrence Howard's performance was good. Like, oh man, the guy who played David Pilcher, he played um a scientist in the Marvel movies too. You know, uh, kind of large forehead glasses. <laughs> Come on, dog. If the man's forehead is big, I didn't say it was like bulbous head or nothing. I said he had a large forehead. It is what it is, man. But uh, I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, he's in it. He he, ah oh, man. Let me oh, tell that you. dude. Uh, 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 Ethan Burke Eth- is the is the uh, wait no no, no that's no, the name that's of the, uh, the main character. Uh, what, where the hell is his act actor name? I don't know why I saw it. This shit is whack. All right, but yeah, his character is David Pilcher. If you uh, if you find his um, yeah, he played cast. um, he he played fucking the, uh, the, Arnim Zola. Arnim Zola. Gosh, I was trying to remember. I just keep remembering him as the guy in the computer. He had the uh the his they recreated his face in the green uh ASCII text. Yeah. But um See Chairman Man. Yeah, man. Anyway, so that's season one, to say the least. Decent romp. But um I highly recommend you stop there because I don't even think the same people were involved in writing season two because boy did that shit fucking fall off the train tracks. Toby Ooh. Jones, that's the dude's name. Yeah. The actor, yeah. 
Uh, boy, man, though, this shit fell off the rails hard for season two, dude. Like, I don't even, I don't, like, I, I, I would be interested to find out if it was the same people who wrote, uh, who did the writing on both seasons. Um, because let me tell you, the storytelling's not the same. The character development's not the same. Like, it, the dialogue isn't the same. Like, it, it, it does not feel like the same people were involved in this at all with the, when it comes to that. Or at least the direction of it is completely different but boy man you could tell that they took some feedback from the from the audience and people complained that there were no um black people in the future which honestly based on the portrayal that they used in this show i would have preferred that they just left black people out the future because man every black person that they show in this um in this in in the second season is oh i'm sorry there was black people in the first season terrence howard and they had a, a young mulatto girl but there was no like, you know, people who present as dark-skinned black people, you know? And so they inserted some characters into the into the second season that, first of all, it was wild because you didn't see them at all, but yet they held very important roles um, coming up. And also, uh, they just, they were portrayed very oddly and stereotypically. They were, they were all in either subservient roles or extremely superstitious to a fault. Like at one point during the year 40, 40, like 23 or 40, 42 or something, um, they have an electric fence. They have advanced science. You know what I mean? And at one point they're trying to to scare away the Abbeys. So one person suggests they use a flamethrower. And one of the black characters turns and goes, you cannot control fire. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> what? even make sense bro even as and he's the head agriculturist and i'm like even as the head agriculturist i don't know of any agriculturist who who doesn't understand fire as a tool it's witchcraft bro like that's how that nigga was acting and i was like yo bro stop it bro this just looks terrible it looks bad and every other black person is in a complete subservient role to somebody who is coming off very nazi-ish which is just like dude this all looks real bad man it looks real bad and then they had the incest storyline, and I was just like, yo, what is this, dude? <laughs> Would you believe that uh, it was executive produced with uh, M. M. Night Shyamalan? And he also directed episode one. Makes perfect fucking sense. It was trash. <laughs> trash. That makes but, um, perfect sense. Uh, it, was he on season one? Yeah. See, oh, he it, was? It was written and um, uh, executive produced by uh, uh, Chad Hodge and M. Night Shyamalan. But uh, Chad Hodge stepped down, and a new showrunner took over the series, Got Mark Friedman, for season two. Had to have, bro. Like, they didn't even attempt. It's like, if you're if you're trying to, 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 to pick up on someone's art, like, you at least attempt to match it, right? Like, match uh, the stylist, stylistically? It was also probably um, uh, uh, them adjusting as well. Because uh, according to this, anyway, according to the Wikipedia, it was um, uh, it it was a surprise to renew the series, and a lot of the actors were not available to renew for season two. Yeah, it makes sense. Matt Dillon. I mean, it was big name actors. Yeah. I mean, it was a star studded season one. Um, and 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 I'm not probably it's oh yeah, someone smelled the cash cow, but you know. Talent was already obligated elsewhere because they didn't renew it soon enough. Uh, well, yeah. Well, even if... No, because... 
that it's not just that though. I blame the the new showrunner who came on because they had um they they brought on a doctor character. Um so what ended up happening is is that he um kidnapped probably 2000 or so people but only a, was was waking them up very slowly one by one. And so uh or the first time he did it, he did it in a batch. And then he, after that, he was slowly waking them one by one. So that gave for the the ability to introduce new characters because now the town after um, season one is trying to wake up the rest of the people now that they're, they're all aware of the truth. Um, and so uh, they introduced this doctor character. And my man, not for nothing, he's putting on a good performance. The only person in this show putting on a performance at all is the doctor. Um, and uh, yeah, so I feel like they could have they could have made it work. They could have made it work. You know what I mean? They had the star, they had the 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 acting prowess on set. You know what I mean? It was it was fucking a the direction of this shit went so bad. I swear they 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 went so hard on the Nazi thing. Um, and it's kind of like supplanted by the idea of their first generation. You know what I mean? Like they, they kind of just replace third Reich with first generation. And there you go. You have your Nazi regime. You know what I mean? And it's really, really pushed horribly, you know, because one of the things that they, Oh, it's funny. uh, One of the guys uh, who, uh, who played in Ozarks, Wyatt, the guy who played um, his character, Tehan, uh, I think I think his name last name is Tehan. Um, he played Ben in this one, and you know he becomes a a rebel uh, fighting against this quote unquote first generation, and like immediately dies in the first episode. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are y'all building to, y'all? Like, what are you building to for real? Like, the doctor is the only one who's who's doing anything, and not for nothing. He feels like a like he's putting on a really good performance. Like, I feel like. If if you were woken up out of a out of a out of a coma, he's putting on a very convincing performance as to how how you'd feel about that, including his performance as a doctor itself. You know his ethics. You know what I mean. The way that he carries himself. You know, and uh, he has a very uh, let's say tumultuous relationship with his wife, who was awakened in the town earlier, who's been living in the town before him. It, like. So yeah, it's interesting. Like that is the only compelling storyline in this whole thing. And there's zombies. You know what I mean? There's cryogenic sleep. You know, there there's rebellions and Nazis. And the most interesting storyline is the doctor and his wife. You know what I mean? So there you have it. And so yeah, dude. I don't know. Talk about diluting your 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 zombie your uh yeah, diluting your your genre with too much drama. Like <laughs> this is clearly supposed to be a sci-fi movie with zombie horror undertones and some mystery thriller and there's you know, the only salient storyline is the the one that's like completely ancillary to the uh to what's going on. I don't know. It's just it's poorly set up, poorly written, poorly directed. Don't waste your time with season 2. I mean like and that's the thing is is I'm very much sold on wanting to know what they were where they're going with this and i it's so hard to watch it's so hard to watch you know what i mean like you shouldn't make make your 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 production a slog for someone to 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 consume and and go through you know like ugh 
yeah. I don't know. It's taken me like three days to get through the first two episodes. <laughs> and I don't feel like it should take you three days to get through two episodes of anything. But yeah. Wayward Pines, definitely not worth finishing. Um, unless they, they reboot it or something. Because I'm telling you, man, that shit is worth it. If you watch that first season, you're going to be like, nah, B. Nah, I kind of want to know what happens. They shot that nigga. <laughs> nah. This ain't Snowfall. You know what I mean? It ain't one of those things where... It's a trap. Yeah, it's a total trap. But yeah, that, that's pretty much all I was getting into uh, on the uh, viewing tips. So let's go ahead and jump into some of these here topics. Um, speaking of uh, uh, production decisions, we'll hit up some of this here entertainment news. So they uh, they canceled uh, they canceled Batgirl yep. no, after the movie was finished. No surprise there. I'm surprised that they went through. It was like something something like a hundred million dollar production. Yeah, it was ninety million from what I heard. And to not even find it worth putting out on digital. Oh, oh, that's rough, man. Yeah, to not even be worth put out because it's like it's free. It's free. You got that contract. All they gotta do is doot 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 and put you up on the motherfucking screen. Yeah, they wouldn't be. They're like, nah, we're gonna do too much damage to our own brand with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, man. If you're not feeling confident, they're not in a strong enough place where they can afford to put out something that the audience is not gonna like. People will eat them alive if they put that movie out and it it it, it was subpar. What? Are you, are you kidding well, really? me? What? The well, internet I mean, they, would yeah, destroy they, they, that. They, they critique them sure. very harshly. And especially but, after the series of either subpars or straight up bombs that DC have had, like that's what I'm saying. You you think that people wouldn't come in expecting like, all right, I'm I, I'm I'm asking for it at this point. Uh, but that's what they I'm saying. I, I feel high. like that's that's what I'm, I feel like that would hurt the brand too much. Right, I feel like then, oh, they, like you said, now their expectation is, oh, whenever we put out something, to turn it it's around, be they're not bullshit. trying to tread water. And pretty much exactly, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like if if that's the if that's how people are looking at their brand, you know what I mean. That's not a good look. It is definitely not a good. It's not a good look. They if are that's right what now. people are expecting. So I, I honestly, I if it was indeed that bad, I agree with the decision because they were gonna bash you regardless. Trust well, me, this the is bashing what, was gonna be worse if it was whack. So based on on some of the statements made from the earnings report and interpretations based on on some some prior interviews what was extrapolated is that the new uh the new heads at Warner were trying to replicate some of Marvel's success maybe not do exactly what they're doing nigga they've been trying they they're trying to take they they're trying to take the lessons you know what i mean read the writing on the wall for what works you know what i mean and their takeaway from Marvel's success was to that they moved away from strong male leads and transitioned into strong female leads, which I guess that's one of the lessons, but I don't know if that's the lesson you should take away if you're looking at what led to Marvel's success. They might have done that. I haven't done any analysis of, you know, the amount of female leads and, you know, in relation to the past, but if they've done that, I don't know if that is what's part and parcel to their success. That might just be the wave and trend 
of creators right now. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's what you want to replicate. And, and it could also be Marvel's at that particular section in their world building. Exactly. You know, it, it just could be a matter of, of happenstance. That one I don't think is tied, has metrics tied to, all right, boom, we have a, a, a ingredient to the recipe of success here. But at the time, the, the Warner execs were like, okay, cool, we like that. And what it does is it leads to more, quote-unquote, safe IPs, IPs that won't fare negatively in social media, won't generate unnecessary backlash, things of that nature. Um, so they decided to do that, and that's why, that's when the uh, Wonder Woman push came, that, and they wanted to, uh, oh, man, who was the other one? They had uh, Wonder Woman. It was going to be Wonder Woman, uh, Batgirl, ugh, and who was the other one? And there was another um, female lead that they were going to start pushing, and that was going to be their, 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 their kind of mainstream uh, uh, properties that they would be, they'd be pushing with all of their other movies coming out, you know, supporting. Um, needless to say, in an attempt to make it quote unquote safe, they started pushing some very heavy social justice themes. And in the end, after the movie was done and created, it focus grouped horribly with their prime demographic. And so that's why they said it's not even worth putting out because and that, that's where the, the harm to the brand would come from. Not because choosing a female lead or anything of that nature, I think, would particularly be toxic to DC, but because the themes that they were pushing in that movie in particular were just toxic to the to their uh, core audience and fandom. And so, yeah, they they couldn't they couldn't push that when, obviously, as you said, they're trying to turn the ship around. You know what I mean? And even if they were to garner new new fans, alienating the current fans keeps them in the same place. And they you could know? also just be saving face because the Batgirl movie was based on uh, world building that happened in the Flash movie, and they're in no position to want to release that immediately. Yeah, they haven't they haven't canceled it yet, but it does not look good for that movie. That yeah. movie does not look see. <clears throat> The thing is, like we've they've had a uh, uh, like a teaser trailer for the Flash movie out already. I believe like a year or so ago. A, a, at a very previous long time con. ago, long enough for me to forget it. You feel me? <laughs> so when um, uh, uh, Comic Con came out a couple weeks ago, and they had fucking Shazam, which just finished filming at the end of last year, they had um, uh, uh, shots from fucking the new. Uh, Shazam and Black Adam, sorry, Black Adam, which just finished filming at the end mm -hmm. of last year, and then Shazam This is too. the new direction that the heads of Warners want to go in now, that they've departed from the old heads of Warner who were trying to go down the female lead, more social, which I don't have anything wrong with those topics. I just don't know if that's what you want to uh, hinge your entire brand on, unless you have a brand that has those things already represented well in them. Oh, yeah, you know no, what I mean? That, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, you know, you see it all the time in Hollywood. You, they take the wrong lesson from, mm -hmm. from shit all the time. They, they've literally done this before when they, like, it, it is no coincidence that, <laughs> I always say this, no coincidence that they went from Batman 1 to hamstringing a, a, a Batman v Superman in, in um, uh, 
a hamstring conversation between Bruce Wayne and Batman in fucking Superman 2. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, because, it, that is no coincidence that it happened like a year or so after Avengers. You feel me? Yeah. It, and, it, and they've been trying to copy Marvel's success. This ain't nothing new. And they need to stop using Michael Keaton as some kind of fucking clickbait, bro. That shit is <laughs> disgusting. Because Marvel and DC yeah, are both so doing weird. it. Because Michael Keaton was supposed to 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 cameo to draw people into Batgirl, mm-hmm. and Michael Keaton cameoed in Morbius. And it's like y'all y'all niggas need to stop this because this man is clearly old and is willing to take the money from you. I mean, He's clearly like yo yo yo. So why should they? Stop how much them? work do you need? Well, That's fine. I'm I can take your money. <laughs> Well, man's reaping, he's reaping the benefits of a long enough career. You know what I'm saying? If you live long enough, then people want to see you do shit that you've done before. Oh, bro. It's a great gig. Yeah, but uh, it's not actually working. <laughs> it's not actually generating any of the buzz. And the thing is, is that we're not going to see him actually in any full-length roles. I don't think that this man is interested whatsoever. I mean, but I don't know. He got a pretty full-length role in uh, uh, Homecoming or whichever Spider-Man movie he was in. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, as Vulture. No, no, that's the Marvel ones. I'm talking about the Sony and the um, oh, DCU Oh, I ones. mean, to be fair, if it wasn't for this Ezra Miller thing, he he might have. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, but everything was building from that. Well, you don't... Well, I see, the thing is, is that... He was being used in the Batgirl uh, line, and they were not going to give him a a Batman full length. They were using him to transition to Batgirl. That was the whole point. I feel that, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think um, they would use him for a full Batman anyway. I don't don't, don't know. He's he's pretty old. I don't don't really know which Batman they would use him for in a full length. I feel like they'd go for a, 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 a more... Yeah, Fit older dude. So, so it's all just it's all clickbait because as much as we want to see him reprise the, I want to see him reprise more than just a cameo. If that cameo is leading to like, you want to get nuts? You remember that Batman? That was that was the Batman I grew up with, man. Fucking <laughs> Michael Keaton Batman was no joke, bro. Yeah, times have changed. Yeah, but uh, needless to say, they they have mismanaged uh, personalities and IPs quite a bit throughout uh, throughout time. So this is no different. Yeah, um, they've lost yeah. a lot of goodwill from directors and uh, actors alike. Yeah, and and uh, you know the thing is, is like they're like they want to take, um, they want to take lessons from Kevin Feige and how to run, you know, something like this, a franchise like this, um, but they're just unwilling to do the work, and so it's just like, why don't you just do something else? Like, don't. Don't look to Kevin Feige for anything. Like, just do something else because your your goal of ramming your head against the wall of building this cinematic universe. I mean, I guess it's the the movie's got to be making money, right? Because they keep making them. No, it's um, it's a constant change of leadership. We have to remember this isn't a, a single Warner Brothers over this course of this uh, th- this long time. You know, in the mm-hmm. last, it's been two since we've been talking. In the last, yeah, in the last four years alone, they've went through two major um like mergers slash uh, uh, uh changes in the changes of leadership in, in the company. So it's really a lack of direction. I mean, if the one if the one there's one thing they should take away from Feige is that. Um, get the, they get don't have the, the money people out of the way and let uh, some let a, let a creative take reins of the ship and then support that person. 
Yeah, and then if the corporate level isn't stable, as in we see now with the different yep. changes in leader, then there's no way you're going to have stable yeah. financing, which then means you can't do it right now. Not even They're stable financing. They're trying to force a square peg into a round hole. They can't do it. Not even stable financing. You can set your roadmap up for the next two to five years, but you know you, you switch leadership in three years, and the new leadership says, fuck your roadmap, we're doing something L- Literally, new. like that's literally what they just did. They went from trying to push a whole female lineup Going to on. now going back to... The dark, gritty, more Zack Snyder type stuff with Black Adam, and I think Shazam's going to be a little bit darker this time around too. Yeah, that's that. If What's anything, your number three? What's the number three on the DCU lineup? Uh, I think that was it. I think it was just the Black, Black Adam, Adam and um, Shazam. Shazam, yeah. Okay, I thought there was a third. Um, I don't quite remember. Title, but yeah, having a third one. You know, um, they really need to do like a proper Green Lantern. I think that 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 hurts them. Not being able to do a proper Green Lantern storyline, I think, has been a huge uh, misstep for them. Yeah, they definitely. That is a yeah. It, it's definitely been long enough that they can try a new one. I think John Stewart is a great Lantern. Um, that would be go a gangster. With. Or just gangster. go with a non-human Lantern. Oh, that'd be cool too. See a lantern on another planet in another squad, in another Some quadrant. Kilowog you know what I mean? Tomar, right? Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying, man. Or see the fall of Sinestro, or or the fall of Oa. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of good shit, dude. I, I would love to see Sinestro's descent into into the Yellow Lantern. Like that, would, that I'm sure would be a cool story to, to to see on the big screen. Um, but that's a, it's hard to do Sinestro, right? Because um he has the same problem with Thanos in reverse. You know what I mean? Whereas the Thanos is like purple skinned with like a really weird detailed chin. Sinestro <laughs> is like pink skinned with a That's really so detailed big. forehead. And it's like, bro, I hope they if they ever try to do Sinestro in real life, they I thought have Mark to find Strong a did a pretty good job. I thought he was a pretty good Sinestro in um the Ryan Reynolds movie. Ooh, I don't even remember what he looked like in that movie, to be honest. Gosh. I thought that Kilrog looked okay, but um yeah, the Watchers didn't look too great. They weren't... Mm. Them I don't remember. Mem- remember. Remember, because I'm typing Sinestro. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I think that Warner Brothers uh, um, has done a huge yeah. misjustice with yeah, the... Um... He looks pretty accurate as Sinestro. Oh, see, yeah, because they, yeah, they, the, they didn't do the big bulbous head. <laughs> see, they toned down his head to for real life, bro. They if you look that. at the comic Sinestro... His head is huge, veiny, looks like a nutsack in reverse, bro. It's just bad. Because I mean, of his haircut, that shit is awful. Yeah, I, I prefer the regular, <laughs> I prefer the toned down version. Yeah, the toned down version is much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, I, as I was just saying, the um, Warner Brothers has done a huge misstep with the DCEU by not um, properly doing the Green Lantern. And that one, I think, is the kind of movie I think that. It's aspirational. I think kids will like it. Adults will like it. It has huge potential. It, you know what I mean? Like it, it could be their Captain America, honestly, but more so than Superman. You know, it's a more relatable um, storyline. Something that you know, uh, it's it's uh, about his imagination. You know what I mean? His powers arrived from his imagination, yeah. and so uh, kids can get with that a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just me. Clearly, Warner Brothers has a much better idea than everyone else. <laughs> Or not But yeah That's what's going on with that Oh you know what Before I get too far more into this I want to reprise my little uh, uh, topic on Khalees v. Uh, Beyonce Because 
I had a, a little bit of misinformation. The the clip was that was used was an interpolation of 16 seconds of Kalisa's lyrics that she wrote for Milkshake. Mm. Okay, so it's not Kalisa's voice, but it's her lyrics that she wrote for that song. Now, the reason why she was overlooked for um, recognition was because Pharrell owns the publishing of that. And Pharrell actually owns all of the rights and publishing to her first two albums. And, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, delving deeper into this, it really opened up another uh, conversation uh, more so about how artists do the artists the worst in these contracts. And it just felt nasty when I heard the fucking story about it. This nigga was 24 years old with a bunch of 40-year-old Jewish niggas behind him taking advantage of a 17-year-old black girl who was coming from poverty, bro. Just fucking nasty, bro. Just nasty. You know? And then and 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 now all these years later, billionaires boys clubs later, fucking she's a whole mom now and this nigga's still holding up her rights. You don't think that yo, I'm sorry, but there's there's just right and wrong. And yes, I guess to some people making money is the only right. But at some point, you give that shit back to that person. You ha- he's made money for decades off that woman's album. And it's not even say, all right, maybe I don't give it back to her, but her shit's being used as placement on a Beyonce album. Let me at least do do her to solid and, 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 and give her splits on that. It's just disrespectful, dog. It's just disrespectful. You know? At some point, it's no longer like, oh, he doesn't have to. It's like, yo, dude, there, there's a right and a wrong here because she wrote those lyrics. He produced those beats. That was the one part of that fucking album that he had nothing to do with that he's making money off of now in iteration. Nah, B. I just don't... I really think that that's fucked up, and I think that's the deeper conversation to be had here. Beyonce removed the clip from the track and removed it off of the album because um, that's all she can do because... Khalees don't own this unless Beyonce now steps up and says, all right, I'm just going to cut Khalees checks now. I'm going to make a whole thing. I have to go through my label, create a whole new stream of revenue for this person to create checks for her. I mean, I don't expect her to do that. That's really between Khalees and Pharrell to, 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 to clarify. You know what I mean? And, and Pharrell to not even have the tact to, 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 to have splits with her when she wrote those lyrics that he used to create an interpolation for for Beyonce's album. I don't know. Am I am I out of line for that? Do I am I expecting too much of people? Uh, of him specifically, yeah. I mean, when you started by saying that he's owned uh, all of her publishing since X Y Z, then I'd be like, oh yeah. I mean, if you're if you're uh, choking someone that hard, you're definitely. I mean, technically, not gonna those aren't even legal legal else. contracts because she was seventeen. But even, the reason why even they more keep so it case in, a, in point, you feel they, me? They're, they're in a limbo. I'm assuming because um because she was legally independent, even though she wasn't legally old enough to sign those those documents. She didn't actually go to court and get independence. So from what I understand, that that they're not they shouldn't even be legally binding. So the fact that nobody that there is no legal representation on her part to say, hey, well, you know. 
at least you can tie it up so that he doesn't get the money. At least, but I don't know if she could even afford to do that. She might have walked away from it for her own sen- um, mental health reasons. Because that shit will eat at you and you going through five, six, seven year litigation and you got family trying to do other stuff and you stuck going to court over this shit. I mean, I mean, there's any number of reasons. And I don't think that it's, it's, it's fair to, to, to require that of people when they were exploited at a time when they, they were not even legally able to, to, to speak for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's so nasty. Like, She's seventeen. No, no, you're right. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I get your point. All I'm saying is, like, uh, a scorpion is going to be a scorpion. So yeah. Once he stung her the first time, then I never expected him to stop stinging her. Yeah, and and and, and it's That's not. She's not the first one. I meant. Uh, she's not the first one. You feel you know? me? I don't expect him to not sting other people too. The difference <laughs> is the difference is is that a lot of other artists just stop producing with him. You know what I mean? Like like Nori, like Nori don't get paid off a of super thug. Nori don't get shit off of Super Thug. One of the, the top charting songs, I mean, still gets played to this day. You know what I mean? That shit gets sound scans. So, you know, but the thing is, is that Nori's a nigga. And niggas ain't gonna cry over that. Like, nah, he made the beat and I signed the contract. Oh, well, you know what I mean? He ain't gonna complain about it, but I still don't think it makes it right. You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't make it right, but you just kind of do what you have to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just, it's one of those things where he was like, oh, that nigga's a snake. I just can't fuck with him no more as far as music is concerned. And he just doesn't fuck with any more music. And when he made Homeboy, I bet you he looked over them splits proper. He made sure them splits was much different than and Super Thug. And then that's really all you can do is you don't take it as a loss. Just take it as a lesson. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they've ever I don't think that Pharrell's ever any done any anything so uh, egregious as distribute someone else's lyrics like that. That's what I find is so egregious, man. It's like that man took her lyrics, the one part of that that she could honestly and and, and legally could go into court and claim was her own. You know what I mean? That the publishing um was for the version of the lyrics that he had produced, not a reinterpolation of lyrics. Um, especially not at 19 seconds worth of her lyrics. You know what I mean? This ain't no six seconds. That's not fair use. You know what I mean? 19 seconds of, of word for word verbatim lyrics is not, you know, that's not just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was giving yeah. you homage. <laughs> but, but it's Beyonce. Niggas gonna do what they gotta do to please Beyonce. That's true. And honestly, I'm gonna be 100%. I didn't notice it was the Milkshake song the way that, that he interpolated it. Like you, you would miss it because Milkshake is such an old song. You could mix miss those lyrics the way that that, that it was done. Yeah, sure, but, it wasn't by accident. No, no, not at all. Um, but uh, I, I honestly think that Beyonce did do the only thing that she could do in this situation, which was just take it off. I mean, that's usually the first thing uh, they tell you to do in this type of situation. Anyway, that's why if someone samples your shit, you wait until after they make money off of it. Then they're much less likely to uh to take it down. They'd rather just cut you in on the split. But like you said, in this case, well, Kalisha made it very clear. It anyway. This is absolutely not about her asking for no money from nobody. She's like, yo, yo, stop doing this to these artists. I'm a grown woman. I'm moved on. I'm I'm a widow now. I, I my life is mad past music. Stop doing this to these young people because it's fucked up. And y'all over here sitting here making art off of their fucking artistry, and it ain't right. And I totally agree with her there. You know what I mean? Like, how, how, Beyonce got no problems 
putting 24 fucking artists on a track on, on, on one writing credit. So why she can't just pay people? That's my question. Because she's definitely not hurting for sales. You know? But I, again, I don't think it falls on her to pay people in this particular situation. Um, I think that that falls on Pharrell to, to piece up with Khalees. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to, to, to readdress that because I know I, I, um, I had made some statements about um, the, the clip, the sample that was used. And uh, I think that it was more than just a small little clip. It was uh, a large enough um, piece of, of, of her music to at least raise questions, at very least. And uh, evidently, so did legal thought so as well. You know what I mean? Because legal t- uh, advised her to take it off the, um, the track, which she did. So um, it also started a little side conversation. I guess there is um, this white artist, I can't remember her name, some older white R&B singer, um, uh, who was commenting on the fact that who needs 20-something artists uh, or 20-something writing credits on a on a track. And the Dream stepped in and was quite a bit hurt because I, I believe the Dream <laughs> is one of her main producers. And um, the reason why the writing credits on most of these songs go up so much is because of the sampling. And it's the clearance of sampling and making sure everyone gets credit for their contribution to a song. Not because there's 24 people in the writing room, even though um, I, I'm familiar with one of Beyonce's A&Rs, and they've described the way her her uh, her songwriting technique as it's a, it's a camp. It's a writer's camp. She has five or six writers that she trusts that knows her style and her vocals, and they write for her. And when she's in album mode, she invites them in, and they. So that you know, if you if you don't think that people should write collaboratively, collaboratively like that, that's one thing. But I don't think we should be hyperbolic and say that Beyonce has twenty four people on a single song writing. Like no, a lot of those are production credits. They're not writing writing credits as in they were on the writing you know what i mean it's not a very good clickbaity title though it isn't it isn't um but yeah uh and 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 that's the problem and that's why i was so upset with the dream is like why did you engage with that tweet as if that was what actually happened you know what happened this woman has worked with writing with beyonce before she knows that's not what happened what what you know why are you engaging but i guess it's maybe it's it's just educating people you know Oh no, that nigga said some dumb shit, bro. You gotta read the tweet. Yeah. It was total hurt. It was total hurt. That's funny. Was, well, then there you just answered your question right there. Why did he engage with that many people? He was hurt. He was hurt. Yeah, yeah. And and it was funny because I think that that's the less important um conversation to be had. Because honestly, who fucking cares? If everyone who's credited agreed that that was what they contributed and they're being compensated duly, I don't care. I don't care because it, it it it's all or nothing. You either have the artists who are like nah, B, I only rap what I write, or you have the artists who don't rap, who rap nothing. They've never written anything. They've rapped. You, there's no middle ground really with these with these artists, and that's fine. I'm not disparaging anyone, but what we shouldn't do is sit here and play semantic games in the middle. You know what I mean? Like I don't find that to be productive. And and what it turns out to be most of the time is just disparaging people's art, you know what I mean? Like, and, that, and that's I don't find that to be worthwhile. 
you know, for critiquing art, that's one thing, but I don't want to waste my time disparaging people's art. And so if they need, if, if all of those people collaborated and, and contributed, put all their names on there. You know what I mean? That, that, that's on them. I prefer music that is, that, that is, comes from a concise group. I don't even know if that's a preference. It's just a, 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 the trend of how the music is made that I prefer. You know, I don't think that that we should be overly getting into like that end of it, the that end of that back end, as long as everyone's compensated. But yeah, that was that was just a, an ancillary conversation going on about that. But uh, yeah, moving on from that, dude, I thought this was real interesting. So, are you familiar with Mojang, the game developer? I am not. They uh, they make Minecraft. And so, yeah, they're a subsidiary of Microsoft Gaming, which means that they're owned by Microsoft. And uh, they recently made a, um, a very, very strong statement as well as uh, movement uh, policy-wise in their game of banning all NFTs and crypto-based uh, uh, add-ons, as well as making a statement saying that not only do they not support um, NFTs in video games, but they do not find them to increase any entertainment value. They find them to generally be predatory and toxic in an environment with children, which is very big for a company, uh, for a developer like Mojang to say something like that. Because, yes, they are. They develop on one of the largest games in the world, Minecraft. But also, they th that comes off as an official statement from Microsoft, a Microsoft subs subsidiary. You know, and so that had to be cleared by corporate before that was that was say, uh, stated. So that's an interesting thing for 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 Microsoft to have uh, stated under there because you know Microsoft also uh, produces a lot of games with EA and stuff like that. And so how they can allow some of their developers to 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 take a stance like that openly in the public, uh, but then also paid to support developers who are very much on the opposite side of that was interesting. Um, but I'm, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where Microsoft uh, makes their stance at moving forward because of, you know, of course, internationally, there's uh, a lot of legislation being brought against gambling mechanics and video games. But um, yeah, it seems like they are going to start moving away from supporting that business model, at least on their PC and console games. Now, I don't know if they'll still produce games in the mobile sphere with that, um, because that's honestly where, outside of um, sports, sports uh, loot boxes, and which game, uh, racing loot boxes fall under that, um, and uh, stuff like that, you know, that's where the lion's share of that profit is coming from. So if that's going the way of the Dodo, um, and one of their largest uh, 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 games as a service model IPs, Minecraft, is saying that they don't, they're not developing in it, in it anymore, it seems like one of the larger developers, Microsoft, is taking the, the stance uh, against those, um, those forms of monetization, which is interesting. This is real interesting because um, the video game, you know, you see all of the Asian developers have jumped on board with it. They're cool. They're they're good money with with NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and the monetization of games. Um, play uh, the play to play to earn um, gaming model, and that sucks because that's not a gaming model that's going to make very entertaining games to say the least. 
it's going to turn gaming into more like real life. And gaming is an escape from real life. You know what I mean? Like, if you're playing to earn, that means it's a job. Jobs very rarely end up being fun. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, dude, to see Microsoft uh, allow one of their major subsidiaries take a stance on the opposite sides of, of cryptocurrency and F- NFTs, I don't know. I think that the, the, the war on this, on this uh, intrusive monetization model might be swaying in the, uh, in the side of, uh, uh, of the gamers, not the, uh, the corporations, because, yeah, if Microsoft isn't backing it, that's a big one, man. That's a big one, because they were, let me tell you, man, if it wasn't for, for Microsoft allowing those kind of monetization schemes on their platforms, it definitely uh, normalized it for a huge portion of the gamer, um, uh, gamer uh, population. And uh, so, yeah, seeing them reverse that hopefully has a similar effect in, in, in letting people know that mm, it's, a, it's a pretty sketchy way of monetiz- uh, monetizing their games. But yeah, that, that, is, that one I thought was, was a positive one. But yeah, moving on from that, there was a couple of things going on. Um, so uh, we had some, some movement on two prior stories that I had uh, talked about, one of them older, one of them more recent. Um, the four murderers of Breonna Taylor were just brought up on um, federal civil rights violations, which, thank, I mean, I thought there was going to be no legislation, legislative um, recourse for them whatsoever, based right. on the way that it had gone by uh, so far. So seeing them do that, I mean, what little justice there could be had from the system, I let's hope that something something can come of this. You know, um, it scares me. My heart beats a little bit because as frequently as as these can be used to to get justice, they can also these kind of um, trials can be used uh, to codify um, the right of police to not be um, persecuted for this. So if they are not actually found guilty in this, this becomes a um, an issue of. Um, uh, qualified immunity since they've gotten off on this once it'll be very unlikely that in the future they'll be able to bring up um officers who uh murder people in the way that they did in this this case on similar charges and so i really hope that their case is airtight and that this goes through not just for the fact that we want justice for brianna taylor but for the fact that it's going to set a precedent and we need this precedent to be set in the way of, of justice and not in the way of lenience, you know? And so that, that I thought was an interesting one that came across the feed. And also, um, they, uh, they finally sentenced Brittany Griner, you know, and I don't know, man, it, this is such a, a appalling situation of, of how the crime doesn't, uh, or the punishment doesn't fit the crime that I can't understand how there can be two sides to this. She had, what she was found with was a cartridge, a cartridge, less than a gram of, uh, uh, of CBD oil. This is not somebody who was trafficking. This is not somebody who was trying to break the rules. It was a mistake. And if, if, if a court, can't see that 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 the possession of that item 
was not an intent of destabilizing society through the distribution of drugs and narcotics. That, that's not the intent here. The fact that they, they think that a, a, a reasonable punishment for this is nine years hard labor is fucking absurd. It's absurd, and it violates all international norms. Deportation is the only thing that she should be facing with, with, with a possibility of never being able to get her visa again to go play sports in Russia. That is the worst penalty she, that she should be facing. Period. If you think what she did was wrong, sure. Okay, fine. You, she made a mistake. She was wrong for, at very worst, that's what she should be getting. But yet now we're sitting here watching her faced uh, with nine years of, of, of hard labor and the Biden administration just now scrambling to try to get her, you know, for the past week or so. I believe it was, uh, it's been about two weeks. And, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure that it doesn't look good for her, man. It doesn't look good. It looks really bad. Because Russia has no... They did this because they wanted to. You know what I mean? And I don't see America capitulating in any meaningful way to give them a reason to do something they didn't want to, that they already want to do. You know what I mean? And so this is, it sucks that this is on, that this is happening to her. And I don't see very much changing in her situation. So my best thing I could do for her is hope that she could, you know, remain stalwart and, 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 and strong through, through that, that incarceration. Because I don't know, man, I don't, I don't, Barring some some crazy movie shit where she gets broken out, I don't. There, I don't see America sending anyone over there to get her, you know. And so yeah, dude, that shit sucks, man. Nine years, it's a long fucking time. I'm sure her wife is going through it right now and her family. And so condolences out to them. I mean, she hasn't passed or anything, but that's. It's not looking like she's. They're gonna see her for a long time, and that's a hard um, reality to have to face, you know. But yeah, there there was those two things going on. Um, okay, uh, actually, let's let's reprise another older um uh, story that I was talking about. The miners in Alabama who have been on strike with Warrior Met, the coal company. Um, so we have our wonderful uh uh head of the NLRB, the National Labor Labor Relations Board, um Pete Buttigieg, uh as the um the uh, Secretary of Labor, he is and he is the head of that department, um, the NLRB or that uh, particular board. And uh, his uh, great uh, idea of of helping promote uh, labor uh, uh, in the Midwest is to uh, attack the mining uh, the mining workers by charging and fining them, for all of the lost revenue that the coal company has to deal with throughout their strike, which is once again, and it's bad enough that they're doing it, that he, that they think that this is something that uh, is applicable to this situation with these particular strikers, because these, these men in these coal mines have every reason to strike. Their job is killing them. It's killing the environment that they live in. And moreover, it's not even just like 
it, it, it's uh, passively, uh, it's, or it's, it's dangerous, so it's killing them on the job. It's killing them just through being in proximity of it. You know what I mean? These guys can't breathe near these mines. The towns near these mines have have uh, issues with, with respira- uh, respiratory illness. And so they have every reason to want to shut down this mine. This is not a strike that, that you know, doesn't have legs under it, you know? And for the NLRB to say that the that the strikers are responsible for compensating a corporation for lost wages is a precedent that is fucking crazy. And in, in the year of our Lord, 2022, if laborers are still being held accountable for lost wages, not even the fucking damage caused, the lost wages of a corporation because you didn't get to make money, I owe you money? Bruh, let me tell you, man. You know, you hear the right wingers talk about socialist this, socialist that. There, there ain't nothing socialist about uh, a government that requires laborers to pay corporations for the corporation's inability to make money. That shit's wild, man. This shit, is, this country is becoming a real fascist dystopian nightmare, man. And that shit is is sad because they it has the potential to be anything it doesn't have to be a fashion a christian fashion dystopian nightmare it doesn't have to be and i'm not saying that it could it it, it has to be a uh you know a rainbows and ponies dream but it could be it could be adequate for 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 everyone it doesn't have to be perfect for everyone nothing's perfect for everyone but i think that america has the potential that it could be adequate for everyone but it won't ever it won't ever do that It'll always seek to 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 be divisive because you know it needs that you know built baked into the culture of this country is the is the uh, contention between labor and capital and I know that that's a really esoteric way to describe it but a lot of people would would understand more about the fundamental decisions that politicians and people like that make. If they understood that they are pushing an ideology and culture that has capital and control and labor subordinate, and if that sounds like slavery to you, then hey, you know it's it's not that far from it. It's it's mainly a semantic difference, you know, and that's the reality that we have to understand that this government has been co-opted into working towards. Because when the National Labor Relations Board is trying to pass down edicts like that, man, th- this shit is, it's not working. It's not working. It, that's, that, that's such a clearly pro-corporate stance for a, a, a body that's supposed to be a balance to help bring balance between corporations and labor. Yeah, it, it, you know, Pete Booty Judge, let's just be happy he's not president because, boy, needless to say, he could have done some real damage because that guy... Gosh, man, he has all the identity politics shit that you want, but man, he is—he is just as much of a, a of a of a of a corporate fascist as the next guy, you know. You know, he's just as much in the in the pocket of big corporations. That, but you know, he is a McKinley analyst. That's where he comes from. You know, that's the world that he that 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 he was recruited from to become a politician. But yeah. 
that's that's pretty much the long and short of what's been going on. You know, there's been a little bit of talk um, recently about what's been going on with the Democrats and their new strategy of um, funding right wing extremists because they feel like they can beat them in the uh, they can beat them in the actual elections. So this is their so the Democrats' grand new strategy instead of actually running candidates that that are electable on a wide scale. You know, who actually embody uh, policies and and um, beliefs that are widely held from their constituencies. Instead of doing that, they're going to try to game the system, promote extremist right wing um, um, candidates in in primaries, which is using your money that you're don't excuse me that you donate to the uh, Democratic Party. They're using your money to fund right-wing extremists in primaries thinking that they're going to beat them in the general elections. Let me tell you, this is going to bite them in the ass so fucking hard, and those right-wing extremists are going to beat the shit out of all of their uh, uh, centrist Democrat bullshit corporatist uh, fucking candidates, and they're going to handle... And that this is why, this is why... You can't vote for Democrats. You cannot play the game with Democrats. That 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 if you are conscientious at all, you can't play the game with Democrats. Because if you play the game with Democrats and you give them money, if you want to vote for them, that's one thing. You're voting for people who are putting these shit-ass strategies into play. But if you give them your money, they will literally take your money and fund right-wing extremists with it. That's the political um, scenario that they've created for us today. You know what I mean? And that's why I, I've chosen to abstain from it. I'm not going to keep going back into that morass as if it's a, it's a, um, a genuine actor in this situation. The, the, the political electoral system is, is fucking a farce. It's a complete farce. And I know it's, it's been a farce. I know it's not just a farce, you know, when Donald Trump got elected. But... It's gotten to a place where the farce is openly right-wing extremist, ethnic, uh, ethno-fascists, and I'm not, and I'm not, and I can't play the game with that. You know what I mean? I can't parlay with that. You know, you can't parlay with factions who don't believe in your right to exist. And so, you know, we'll go ahead. We'll wrap up on that. You know, don't parlay with people who don't believe you have the right to exist. <laughs> it's a waste of your time. But uh, if you did enjoy the show, please feel free to subscribe to us on Patreon.com or on Anchor.fm. Or you can follow us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Korea underscore T or at Home Heron. You can also find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. Now, remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.